You are listening to Go Full Crypto. I'm your host, Rogopshi Palway. This podcast is your best resource for crypto stories in the form of discussions and interviews. We uncomplexify tech jargon and we like to keep it simple. My co-host, Keegan Francis and I, we're here to empower you with the knowledge you need to confidently navigate your way into the world of crypto. Join us as we embark on the journey of driving the adoption of cryptocurrency. Join us in going full crypto. The thoughts and opinions expressed by Keegan Francis, Murgakshi Palway, and the guests interviewed on the Go Full Crypto podcast are solely their own. At no point in time should the topics of discussion be construed or taken as investment advice. Keegan Francis, Murgakshi Palway, and their guests on this podcast will not be held accountable for any losses. The content discussed on the Go Full Crypto podcast are intended to be for informational purposes only. Hey, Ali Hamam, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Of course. Very excited to get started with this. So what is your crypto story? So my crypto story is actually a little bit uh, of two stories. Um, So the first story is like my business uh, story. And then there was a second story that was my Bitcoin story, which kind of went in parallel with that. Uh, so my, my business story uh, started with restaurant owner. Uh, we operate a franchise here in London, Ontario, uh, me and my partners. And we were going through a lot of great things. Uh, and then COVID hit. Uh, so we kind of hit a brick wall and everything went just like like plummeted sales went down like 80 percent everything just like people were scared terrified to go out to eat uh we were opening uh the fourth location uh here in london that had to stop um so we basically uh hustled and worked day and night uh ourselves with like minimal uh staff the, the the employees that were like loyal enough to stay um these guys stayed and then we lost like most of our other employees um and then we just we uh hustled through and we grinded till business started picking back up and things were going well and then so we went out and reached to like the people that we let let go and then everybody was telling us no we don't want to come back well, why don't you? They're like, we're good. You know, we're, we're getting money and we're getting paid. Well, just we're happy where we are. They're getting paid more than if they were working for you in some cases, yeah? Yeah, or, or, or the same, right? Or a little bit less. Uh, so to them, like, okay, well, do I work and get paid um, like a little bit more or I just stay home, do nothing and, and get paid as well? Uh, so we had that problem with pretty much everyone that we let go. Um, and, and that's uh, a good segue into the, Bitco- the Bitcoin story, right? We just have a couple questions before we, we get into the Bitcoin side of things. When did you start the restaurant? So we started in the restaurant industry in 2012. Okay. And we had one restaurant uh, for a few years opened a second one 
few years and then we opened a third one and then now we're it, we're in the process of opening a fourth and we transition to like a franchisee uh franchise operation so we're gonna going to have like three more locations opening up in the gta area right on so you're just about to hit your stride and then COVID hits and that's when you start to think a little bit more critically about how to manage your balance sheet yes cool yeah so the parallel story now um is is with my personal investing uh account and i was very fortunate enough to uh like i was pretty much like invested in stocks and january i sold pretty much most of my stocks i was like uh 75% cash and like 25% still invested in some companies and then so i was very lucky on on that i didn't i didn't know covid was about to hit this all i just had a feeling a gut feeling and i went with it and i was very fortunate there yeah that's really good timing <laughs> <laughs> yeah so when March hit, I started, everything started plummeting. I was like, this is great. Uh, <laughs> all the time, I'm like always learning how to like learning about finance, how to invest well and stuff like that. And when everything was crashing, I was just like piling in and I kept buying uh, everything, including Bitcoin. And then when I bought Bitcoin, I started, okay, well, what is this thing? <laughs> right? Yeah. Because uh, um, I heard, I originally heard it from, uh, like, what got me interested in it was uh, Preston Pish's co- uh, podcast. Okay. What's his podcast called? Um, uh, Not sure. No, oh. no, wait, 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 wait. I, uh, <laughs> The Investor's Podcast, I think it's called. Yeah, it's called The Investor's Podcast. Right, okay. So uh, what got me really curious on on digging deep into it was uh, seeing him actually uh, going out and and say in his podcast and saying, I only have Bitcoin and cash. That's it. And that got me like really, really curious, right? So I started doing a little bit more digging and, and then that's when I came into Robert Breedlove's article, um, The Number Zero and Bitcoin. You guys, yeah. Have you guys read that? I, I've read parts yeah, of it. It's briefly, a yeah. very long read and uh, <laughs> we'll link it in the, in the show notes so that others can enjoy the same article. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I read that article and it was really long. So I read it on my desktop again, because it's first time it was on my phone. Uh, so put it on a big screen and started going through it. And for some reason, it really just clicked with me, you know? And that's when I started buying more. And- Buy more Bitcoin? Started, yes. Nice. Uh, so I started going down the rabbit hole uh, from that point on, uh, I bought Seyfedeen's book, The Bitcoin Standard. Yeah. Finished that in like three days and then bought more. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
yeah. In the meantime, also like listening to podcasts um, and just learning how to buy it, how to, you know, the basic stuff, the stuff you learn when you uh, first get in. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and yeah, and then I was just, I was hooked ever since. And I was very lucky that um, when I bought all my, like when the Marsh dip happened and I started like investing in stocks, I was very fortunate that this was the bottom and it started going back up again. So I started selling a lot of stocks and just buying bit more Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> bought more Bitcoin, sold more stocks, bought more Bitcoin. And then also during that time, I was sending my partners everything that I've learned, right? Um, starting with the article and the books and the podcasts and the YouTube uh, episodes of Real Vision, which I found very helpful, by the way. Um, and yeah, so they started pretty much going down the same uh, <laughs> rabbit hole. And I was giving them all the info and all the, uh, the stuff that they need. And uh, yeah, so then I pretty much like, you know, put all of my money into it. Uh, most of it, <laughs> at least. We, we, we call that going full crypto. Yeah. <laughs> I still have like a little bit, a little bit left in like stocks and whatnot, but those are like some of the companies that I like like uh, lost money and I'm too stubborn to, to sell it kind of thing. Oh, I get you. I, yeah, I share the sentiment. I've got a yeah. couple of those. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah. And then uh, we had, uh, we had like a little sit down, me and my partners and we all believe in what Bitcoin is about to do. And we said, hey, we should put some of the company's money into this as well. So in your perspective, what is Bitcoin about to do? So I believe, and I could be wrong, but I, I believe that we're headed for a big, big bull run that's about to like shock the world. Bull run in which market? In Bitcoin. Okay. Yeah. And I just believe the way... Bitcoin works. Um, a lot of people in the community call it like NGU technology, like the number go up technology. Oh, right. <laughs> but uh, it, it, that technology is very deep in the way that Bitcoin operates uh, because of the halving, uh, because of the difficulty, difficulty adjustment that goes on in parallel with that. And uh, Bitcoin is just doing the opposite of what the whole world is doing right now. Um, everybody's out there printing money like crazy and Bitcoin just did the exact opposite, strengthening itself. And I think people will, will realize that and uh, we will see something spectacular. That's fantastic. So you did all this research on Bitcoin in particular, and we completely get that because both of us are Bitcoiners ourselves. But yes. did you look at any of the other cryptocurrencies as well? Uh, yes, I, uh, I did look into it. Um, I, I mainly went into Bitcoin first. And uh, so Robert Breedlove made a pretty good argument on why uh, 
Bitcoin has the best chance of, of success uh, because of the path of dependence. Mm-hmm. And I, I was honestly pretty convinced with that and I didn't want to dabble in anything else. That's awesome. Yeah. We call that kind of um, strategy crypto essentialism. Yeah. Because who has the time to go deeper and um, become more knowledgeable in all of the other cryptocurrencies out there? Because yeah. there's more than thousands every single day. Um, and that's fantastic that you are zoning in on and zeroing down on Bitcoin. Yeah. So I mean, what? Bitcoin is volatile as it is. Like, I don't yeah. need something that's more volatile. <laughs> <laughs> that's not very wise. Was there any more convincing to do among your partners when it was uh, kind of under discussion that, hey, maybe we should turn some of our cash reserves for a restaurant chain into Bitcoin? Uh, so that was a pretty big uh, decision. And uh, congratulations, by the way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That Thank deserves you. Yeah, a little bit of a, an applause. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but it was it was it was a pretty tough decision. Uh, but they knew they knew the uh, the potential of Bitcoin and they knew the risks of it. Uh, and we wanted to do something special at the end of the day. Uh, so that's why we did that. And, uh, and it coincided with MicroStrategy uh, doing the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so we started having the conversation before MicroStrategy uh, announced it. And when they did, we were just like, okay, this is game on. This is a, a race now, right? Um, soon, we think every company is going to start doing that. And, At least to some degree, like th- this is a domino effect, right? Yeah, the, yeah. the discussion was probably already being held in many boardrooms Absolutely. and you're just the, the official second one to do it. But yeah. really you were, you were talking about even before MicroStrategy came out with their yeah. announcement. So that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Well, to be fair, like we're not um, the second uh, company to do it. I'm pretty sure right. Tons of other companies like like I've been inspired by Preston Pish, uh, like his company. He did it with his company, um, but he's also in the in the Bitcoin space, so it's not really uh, like it wasn't really like a big thing. Uh, right, a lot of other like exchanges and stuff like that. That's all they have in their reserves. Well, yeah, I've never heard of a restaurant doing this before. So like, you may not be the second overall, but as, as far as I can tell, you might be the first restaurant to do this or the first restaurant in Canada for that matter. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I did because honestly, um, I, uh, I, I didn't expect that we would get that reaction from, from that tweet that we made. Um, I was just thinking, you know, maybe few people in the in bitcoin twitter were, will hear about it but it kind of exploded out of hand and then i thought to myself like this is this can be a great opportunity for other small players and medium-sized players to uh, get in on this opportunity before the big players do well, like you said earlier, people who have done this before were already in the crypto industry or had been in the crypto space for longer. But from what I understand, the conversations on big, 
moving your cash reserves to Bitcoin started with your partners in March. And we're in August right now. So the turnaround time to make that decision was pretty short. Yeah. So first we all, we all accumulated it in our personal accounts. Yeah. Right? Uh, and then we kind of all went like digging in, into our own like, you know, rabbit holes and uh, that like discussion to uh, switch the company's uh, reserves into it was made uh, like last month. So it wasn't, it wasn't like at the beginning of March. Yeah, absolutely. So that's four, three months that yeah. everyone was in the rabbit hole and it was just so convincing. So I have a question for, for you that you may have discussed with your partners. Bitcoin is a volatile asset. We all know about it. Yes. And we also know that it is a deflationary currency. So it is strengthening its role in the market as the dollar uh, decreases in purchasing power. So what were some of your reasons against keeping your reserves in, in government currency uh, that were also convincing enough to switch to a more volatile asset? So it pretty much comes down to we lost trust in fiat currencies. And that's basically it, you know. Uh, Jeff Booth keeps ringing the bell on this, um, the author of uh, The Price of Tomorrow. And he says, technology is deflationary, period. Okay? If you just play that out with what central banks around the world are doing right now, you're, it's going to lead to more and more people and more businesses losing trust in, in currencies. So, you know, at the end of the day, like inflation is, is theft in a way, right? Yeah. So we, we were, we thought that, you know, we don't want to go through that. Right. We, uh, we just want to want to like dig our own way and and go from there, you know? I think it's really interesting that your answer to that question was so simple. It's, you just put it really point blank. It's that we just lost trust in fiat currencies and that was it. That was the entire reason. Like we did our research, we looked into it. It's not a yeah. scam. It's not a Ponzi scheme. It's actually just a better technology. And while that better technology exists, we simultaneously lost trust in what the fiat currencies are offering us. And that, I, I just appreciate how simple that is. I like simple answers. <laughs> I'm a simple guy. Like I'm not, again, I'm not new. Uh, I'm, I'm not sorry, like an old, old time, you know, uh, Bitcoin guy. So um, I, I make reasonings and things that I understand and make it simple for myself. I don't try to complicate things. And, uh, the ultimate conclusion is that, you know? Yeah, that's the other thing. It's how new to the space you are. That's what I find interesting because a lot of people get distracted along their journey with uh, looking at other altcoins and looking at what other cryptocurrencies are around in the space. And I think a lot of that distraction can really kind of hinder your uh, your investment strategy, which yes. is... Like that brings us to our next question. What is your crypto strategy? If you were to define it and, and tell us what your strategy is, what what would you say that is? Buy Bitcoin. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. Pretty good. That's a fantastic strategy. Yeah. <laughs> right on. That's the beauty of it. So like what makes Bitcoin so fascinating to me is you don't really have to understand everything about it. You can basically understand that it's just a savings technology. You don't have to, like a lot of people will, will try to uh, be better investors and, and in the stock market, for example. And in order to make money there, you have to be like uh, super lucky, super educated, you know, know everything in and out about the companies you invest in, and then uh, you'll make some money. But with Bitcoin, it's just a savings technology. So all you got to do is just buy Bitcoin. And the way it works is it's just it's a harder money. So no matter what, you're, you know that the value of Bitcoin will appreciate because it's the hardest money that is known to man. That has ever existed. Yeah, pretty much. Really well said. I'm curious, when you decided to move your money from your bank account um, to say, your crypto, either exchange account in order to buy crypto, did you face any issues with transferring money from your bank account to an exchange? Uh, yeah, I did, actually. And <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little How bit about that. that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so when I first started digging in, I, I digged in. Like, first time I bought, which was like just a curiosity buy, I, I looked up a stock symbol for Bitcoin and I found GPTC and I was like, bam buy it and then and then i just wanted to buy the actual bitcoin uh so i opened a you know coinbase account um found that the limits were like really low and you gotta like build your limits up and and that kind of thing uh so then i just did more dinging around and and found better uh, exchanges where i can you know transfer bigger amounts of money and yeah and that, that was it that was game over so no difficulties from the banking side of things, though? Uh, no, but like with one exchange, um, I found that I had to uh, go to like a post office and send them money with, um, I don't know, something they call like a di direct tra transfer kind of thing. And then when I went there, they told me, what do you want to do? <laughs> well, told them like I'm sending money to this exchange. Like, sending money to exchange, like, what do you mean? Like, like I want to buy Bitcoin? It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, that's when I thought, man, man, like we are so early into this. Yep. Yeah. And you know, if Bitcoin was was easy to buy, it would be a lot higher, right? That's true. Yeah, well, that's one of the things that we say as well. Like the internet is actually an early technology. Like every person using the internet today is an early adopter of it. As long as it's going to be around for the next couple hundred years, we're all the very first people to use the internet and Bitcoin. It's so, so early. Yeah, super early. But yeah, I'm just like this, uh, our resolve here. What, yeah, I was, I was just going to say, if you think the internet is early, then adopting Bitcoin is prehistoric times. Yeah, because like, the internet has been around for over twenty years, and Bitcoin has been around for about ten. 
Yeah. And if the internet is early, then the Bitcoin is just super, super early. It's a baby. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think we're early, but we'll see. We're on board with that. <laughs> so what's next with your... Oh, sorry. So going on with your post office story, was there... You know, you realize that we are very early in adopting Bitcoin, but did you have any problems sending... Your- yeah, well, I, I figured it out, you know, like... Yeah. Um, yeah, I figured out how to uh, send bigger sums of money and, and how to uh, avoid the post office trip. And uh, it's just stuff that you learn on your way. Yeah. Um, and I had to learn it this way because I was trying to buy a lot of it so fast. Uh, so, yeah, it's just a learning curve. And I think anybody that's going to go, that's going to want to buy Bitcoin is going to go through the same thing right now. Yeah, that's something that we've been through as well. When we wanted to buy larger chunks of Bitcoin, uh, when we've gone to the bank to make that wire transfer possible to an exchange upon hearing that we wanted to send it to a cryptocurrency exchange, this one time we have been denied being sent our own money to the exchange because the bank doesn't want anything to do with it. Yeah, as soon as the word cryptocurrency came out of my mouth, the, uh, the, the teller said, oh, yeah, no, here, here's your card back. Uh, the transaction stops here. We're not going to do that for you at all. Yeah, and, and so I had this preconceived notion that I, it was a crazy, crazy idea that I owned the money in the <laughs> bank. For, I don't know why I would think that, but uh, that's not really the case evidently enough because I couldn't do what I want with it. And that's just one thing that just illustrates it. We left the bank that day just feeling more conviction for moving more of our money into cryptocurrency because like yeah, well, I don't and, and people are gonna find a way around it. Yeah. And and nothing will will convert people more into Bitcoin than stories like yours right there. Right. A hundred percent. It's realizing what the hell uh, I can't move my money. No, this is not right. And right. and for me that actually was one of the things that is why Bitcoin resonated with me because uh, my parents are from Egypt and they recently tried to like, uh, they had a lot of real estate there. So they sold some of their real estate and they tried to send it here and it was a headache. Like, um, first it was denied and, and then it was just like, no, we're not gonna like the Egyptian government and the banks were just simply not wanting to transfer their money to Canada here because they're retired and they're living here now. And it was just like, uh, until today, there's, it's not easy like, to transfer the rest of their money to Canada. They have to go down there. They have to talk to the bank manager. Why are they sending this money? What are you doing with it? Blah, blah, blah. Like, that's, that's just not right. And Bitcoin fixes this, you know? Completely. It completely fixes it. Yeah. The, the, the issue is like on ramping into that in every country in the world. Right. Like, so it, it's diff- I would imagine that it'd be difficult for your parents to, to buy Bitcoin in Egypt, for yeah. example. Like I know in various parts of the world, it's, there's no trusted, legitimate over the counter service where you walk in with cash and walk out with Bitcoin. It, Absolutely. One day we might live in a world like that, but for now, like we said, we're early. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, like look at Venezuela now. I think they have like a, like a Bitcoin street market. Uh, 
and they're just using the network to exchange Bitcoin on the streets and buying and selling uh, Bitcoin to dollars and vice versa. And uh, I think people will find find a way around that. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, it just truly boggles my mind how much control the bank has assumed over people's money over time. Because initially it was just a digital piggy bank or a physical piggy bank and then a digital piggy bank. But then imagine if your piggy bank said, oh, no, you you can only do $2,000 today or or $20 today. You can't do any more. And if you want to take it out for whatever other purpose, the piggy bank saying, oh, no, I'm not going to let you break me today because you can't do what you want to do with the money that you've put in here. It's just fascinating. It's Uh, It's not right. And... Like, yeah, there's there's a big problem there, for sure. Absolutely. So with respect to what you have done with your restaurants, cash reserves, what's next? Are your employees going to get paid in crypto, in Bitcoin (laughs) particularly? If people come to your restaurant, can they pay with crypto? So this is actually something that, like, I've been asked a lot on on Twitter. And it's like... a lot of people are sending me messages and, and writing in the comments like, hey, do you take Bitcoin? And I don't think Bitcoin is supposed to be spent like that. Like, yeah. I, I wrote a tweet the other day that's like, please don't spend your Bitcoin here. Come, just give us <laughs> cash. We'll convert it into Bitcoin for you. <laughs> right? Just don't spend it because it's just like, you know, like that pizza story. Uh, should be a lesson for every Bitcoiner out there. Yeah, yeah. it was sort of necessary for that. The pe- so the the story that uh, that Ellie's talking about is Bitcoin Pizza Day, and we yeah. covered that in our I think our second episode. But uh, just someone spent ten thousand Bitcoin on two large pizzas, and you don't want people to find themselves in a situation where they buy a meal from you, and that meal later on costs a hundred million dollars. That would be such a, a terrible. It would be great for you because then you're hundred million dollars richer. But that's uh, very compassionate of you to not want people to spend their Bitcoin. Is there other cryptocurrencies that you would consider accepting? Because other cryptocurrencies out there inherit uh, a lot of the uh, the benefits of Bitcoin, but without the being actually Bitcoin. And so, for example, a stable coin, would you consider taking a stable coin if, if that was uh, integrated into your, your point of sale system? I mean, if the technology gets um, like big enough and adopted enough uh, that most people want to do it, then yeah, for sure. Uh, I just don't think the technology of people wanting to pay in, in uh, cryptocurrencies is is that adopted yet um, so maybe one day I'm all for it but for right now I just told people listen just don't spend your bitcoins on anything not on us not on just <laughs> save it bitcoin is made to be hoarded right now and then maybe in the next cycle when it's a lot higher and you want to sell some of it sure go for it you know right. but it's not now there's a huge section of the Bitcoin community that are Bitcoin cashers that are just throwing up their hands in anger right now at, at your opinion, <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll leave them to it and they can spend their Bitcoin cash if they'd like. I personally resonate with your view on Bitcoin, spending Bitcoins, not necessarily the great decision at 
this point in time. Uh, yeah. Going back to the the previous question that Murugakshi asked, uh, uh, would you ever consider paying your employees in Bitcoin? Um, I I don't think that's the 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 time where people are doing that yet. Like maybe eventually when we switch to if it ever happens, but if we switch to like a Bitcoin economy and Bitcoin is the, the global reserve currency, then that will have to be the case. But uh, that's I don't down think, the road. <laughs> yeah. I don't think any uh, of our employees know what Bitcoin is. <laughs> they will. It's just, they will, they will, but for now it's just us. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. I, I would say that inadvertently you have inspired a lot of business owners, small business owners and just business owners in general to um, follow your lead in a sense because your reasoning is intact. It's not impractical. It's not unreasonable. Your reasons are justified as well. And you are spearheading you know, your industry with, um, with being the first mover in believing in a better alternative, a better financial technology. And that's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really hope that more uh, like small businesses really get, get the story and, and hear about the story because I, I truly think that Bitcoin is the fairest money there is. It's so it's going to solve the fairness problem but it's not going to solve the inequality problem. Right. And like, I think more and more big corporations are going to start moving in now. And you're probably going to hear this uh, within the next year, uh, more and more announcements coming in from, and when these guys are going to buy, um, there are, they already benefited from, uh, the system that we have right now and they're going to buy like billions in Bitcoin. And then people are going to wake up. And my, my hope is we can front run that and we can level the playing field just a little bit. Yeah. And because it's going to happen anyways, like it, it really is coming anyways. Like, MicroStrategy's announcement was the first one, but then game theory is going to play out, and then you're gonna, you're just gonna see a lot more companies put massive amounts of money into this, and then price is just gonna jump to whatever you know, like fifty, sixty, hundred, and and then people will wake up, and then Bitcoin doesn't care about anybody's feelings, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well said. <laughs> It's not going to wait for anyone. And uh, I just don't, I, I'd rather see a world where the little guys benefit from this and then, and then the big guys come in after. You know? That's actually something that I noticed about how you got into cryptocurrency, Bitcoin specifically, uh, was through analysis and kind of just being switched on and, and being attentive to what it has to offer you rather than the FOMO that is generated around the price because the price is just one interesting aspect about Bitcoin. It's not the whole piece of the picture. It's actually like a, a fraction of the interesting aspects of Bitcoin. 
And that's what brings a lot of people to crypto. Like when, when we were in crypto in 2017, that's when I had the most questions from my friends that I haven't heard from in years. Like, oh, tell me about crypto. Tell me about Bitcoin. What do I need to know? It's like, well, what you needed to know, you should have <laughs> known two years ago. And we're, we're getting, like you alluded to, there's cycles. And uh, that's a, a bit of a technical conversation sometimes, but uh, Bitcoin has these four-year cycles. And and we're in one right now. We're at the very cusp of one. And a couple of years from now, you'll have all of your friends asking you all the questions that you thought they should have been asking you right now, today. Yeah. So hopefully we can, you know, put a spotlight on you and get them to ask you questions right now. Hopefully. Well, I mean, right now I already reach out to friends and, and family and, and I talk about Bitcoin and they just think, um, you know, crazy guy that's buying <laughs> internet money, you know, like yeah. magical internet money. And yeah, that's not like you said, Keegan, like in a couple of years or in a year, like these people are going to come back and say, Oh, well, now tell me about this Bitcoin thing again, you know? And I, I really hope people listen up right now because uh, it's very beneficial and it's uh, like Bitcoin is this one time shot at creating a good monetary system. You know, this is it. We get one shot in, in humanity's history to, to make it and we better make it succeed. And that's why we went all in on Bitcoin. And I actually want to urge like Bitcoiners to um, make it your prime reserve asset. You know, if you believe in it so much, don't just put like 10% or 15% no, go like, maybe not go all in, but at least go over 50. I can't help it, but uh, go full, go full Bitcoin, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> spirit of our podcast name. <laughs> but yeah, like go all in. Like everybody, I, I keep reading on, on Twitter, everybody wants, is saying like, Bitcoin is going to be the, uh, the world prime reserve currency. And I really think that in order to get there, we have to start with ourselves first because it's not going to get there, you know, if, if we're all putting just two, three percent in there or, or whatever it is, right? Uh, it's a paradigm shift, you know, you gotta like I see right now as Bitcoin is what I'm working for and the free cash flow that I'm getting, uh, the hard work that I'm doing right now, I don't want it to go to waste, I don't want it to be inflated away. Right. There's a saying that says like um, time is money, but money is also time. Right. And whatever you oh, earn in this life. Really well said. That's, nice. yeah, I actually give credit to Robert Breedlove. He said that in one of his articles. And uh, but it's so true. Like you, what you make in this life should should be stored across time. And Bitcoin does that. And you shouldn't have to worry about uh, a group of people sitting in a room making decisions that can possibly affect that, that value that you have stored. Like when you have money, you, you simultaneously want it to be worth the same amount the next day and the next day and even two years, four years, 10 years down the road. And money no longer gives us that guarantee. And 
for us, we don't, we don't trust that group of people that we don't know the name. We don't know the names of the people that get to sit in that room and make those decisions. And I know the name or the lack of names behind the controlling parties of Bitcoin. There is no controlling parties. And that's, that, like you said, that's really profound. I would almost, um, so alluding to what you said earlier with respect to the trust factor, you lost trust in fiat currency. And also taking into account that because of this pandemic, the stimulus that the government put in place in order to support people who were out of jobs or support restaurants, they, there are instances where that didn't work out in the favor of business owners. And your business is one of those examples where your employees preferred, some of them obviously stay, um, preferred staying at home because they were getting money anyway. So what do you think the government did incorrectly to make this pandemic um, not sink everybody's money economically? So I don't think they're, like, I don't think it's a good idea to just blame whatever government, you know, decides uh, at the time of moment, because I think it's really the whole incentive structure is built to incentivize more money printing. So I don't blame the people that are in charge as much as I, that I critique like the, the whole system, the incentive structure that it's built on. Right. Because it doesn't matter which, who's in charge, they're still going to do the same thing. That's a really balanced approach. I, I love that. It, it's almost saying that the system, the people in charge and, and the system itself is just doing what it's designed to do. Exactly. So and really, no one's at fault. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Doing that for like a hundred years. And to, to blame the people in charge is not, is not the right place to put the blame, I think. I think it's the, the whole system is structured in a bad way. Right on. I'm, I'm on board with that. Yeah, that, that also really resonates with the fact that Bitcoin is programmed. So no amount of pandemic or economic um, turmoil. instability, turmoil, yeah. nothing, no outside factors can impact the way that it is going to slowly drip in Bitcoin into the network yeah. and just be deflationary just by program, by design. Absolutely. It's money for the people, by the people kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Really well said. So with respect to um, people that are just getting into crypto, people that are at, at the cusp of deciding whether or not they should buy Bitcoin or just dive into cryptocurrency in general, what is a piece of advice you would give to them? I would say just uh, read, learn, and decide for your own self like um, people come in in different flavors um, some people are more risk tolerant than others um, it basically comes down to your understanding of, of the whole space so just read as much as you can learn as much as you can the more you learn the better decision you're going to make so uh, it ultimately comes down to that that's fantastic. And where can people find you to follow you? 
So you can follow me on uh, Twitter at the Real Tahinis. Um, and then you could also follow us on uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. We're on all the platforms uh, as Tahini's Restaurants. Uh, we, we'd love to, for anyone uh, to come by, grab a shawarma, grab a nice meal at, at one of our restaurants. Where are your restaurants? So we're in London, Ontario right now, and we're going to open... Um, about to open within the next year, a uh, location in Whitby, uh, Oakville, and then Barrie. And these are all in the GTA area. Okay, fantastic. And what's your favorite meal <laughs> served oh. in your two restaurants? That's a tough one. I, I <laughs> here for about six years. Uh, I would say the chicken and rice is, is one of my favorites. We have like uh, this basmati rice. Uh, with chicken shawarma goes on top and then we put like garlic and hummus and tahini sauce uh, on top and it's really good. Oh yeah. Wow. That's making my mouth water. (laughs) One of the reasons I would come to Toronto is to experience this dish. Absolutely. Hey, if you, if you ever come by, uh, I invite you to come in. Of course it's on us and uh, we'd love for you guys to try our food. After this whole pandemic is over, we uh, when next time we're in Ontario, we'll we'll make it a a thing. We'll, we'll make it our priority to to come to Tahini's. We would love that for sure. Awesome. And one last question to wrap this up. Sure. What what is one radical idea that you have, and this can be with crypto or just a radical idea in general, that if implemented in the future, it would just it's a future that you want to see. I think making Bitcoin your prime reserve asset is a radical idea. Yeah. Because I think if it starts with the people, there's no stopping it. There's no way like um, Bitcoin will not be massively adopted by the whole world if, it's, if, if people adopt it. So we really got to uh, start within type of mentality, have that narrative and I was, I'm trying to push that narrative on Twitter now that I have, uh, uh, you know, we've gained a lot of exposure. And uh, I think it's a good narrative to bring into uh, the Bitcoin space. And ultimately, it's going to benefit everyone. Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> well, this is a great time. Thank you for being on this podcast. And thank you, very much. thank you for having me. We're in Toronto. We will eat chicken with rice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ali Hamam, everyone. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you.